I'm Salty, the gotcha guy of the internet <laughs> blogging world. And I'm here to pull back the curtains. Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show. If you want to create an independent living doing something you care about, well, you've come to the right place, turkey. Your hosts are Corbett Barr. If this was a uh, Judd Apatow movie, he would for sure be Paul Rudd. He totally looks like Paul Rudd. Caleb Wojcik, he'd be a uh, sexy but aging Leslie Mann. And me, Chase Reeves. I am Jason Siegel in every Apatow movie, especially I Love You, Man. There are people who do business in ways that turn your stomach. They turn mine. Willing to do unethical things. They take advantage of people, right? They sacrifice their audience on the altars of profit and short-term gains. And in this episode, we explore this kind of sleazy business. We call them douchebags. And we showcase the counterpoint. Hopefully convincing you of uh, which, which one to choose. Expects uh, a few things, okay? Uh, a mind-boggling quote from Walt Disney, some tough love from John Gruber, and advice from one of the original big bloggers to folks just starting out. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps, so let's get into it. Okay, I got my notes. You got your notes? I got some notes. Caleb, you got your notes? In my notes, I have defined douchebag, (laughs) and I watched Scam World. This afternoon. What's Scam World? Oh, so we'll talk about that. Corbett knows what Scam World is. You watched it? Is there a movie? There's like a 15 or 16 minute just little movie about it. Just nice. jump in. Tell us what Scam World is. So what's, Scam wait, World wait. is this. What's Scam World? It's this article on The Verge, and it's actually a book and like a short little movie that you can watch that someone wrote back in May of 2012, and it's kind of exposing all of these big internet marketers, you know people like Frank Kern and things like that. And just like their business model and what they try to do and the different pieces of it. So what, what are the, what are the things that they expose? They just rip people off and try to get as much money out of their list as possible Hmm. is basically the gist of it. Um, I believe the guy's name is salty droid, right? Corbett is this, he's a salty droid. (laughs) It's like this guy online that tries to expose people. Like, okay, so this is yeah, he's like not in the flash your junk kind of way, but I'm you know, salty, like the, the gotcha guy of the internet <laughs> blogging world, and I'm here to pull back the curtains. That's pretty much what this guy does, and he talks about he like went to these conferences and stuff that all these big internet marketing people put on, and he talks yeah. about their syndicate and their how they're all just working for each other and trying to rip people off, basically. Hmm. It, the um, I haven't read the article for a while. I think it came out like a year ago or something, but the. The really dirty stuff is there are like boiler rooms where they're basically getting people on the phone, potential mm-hmm. customers on the phone, and then just trying to max out their credit cards, try to figure out exactly how much they can spend. And these are these are poor people they're preying on. Poor, yeah. uneducated people who just want, you know, something better than the life they have. Or retirees <clears throat> and stuff like that. They actually played a recording from one of them in the video and it was, you know, just a guy on the phone trying to get a woman to put as much money on her credit card as possible. It's like, well, we'll put in, you know, $3,500 of the 5,000. If you can just do 1500, you know, whatever works for you, we'll, I'll go down to the marketing department. We'll figure something out, but just give me like your visa and we'll put it into ClickBank and make it happen. 
Yep. Wow. Yeah. So one of the things that I do with clients when I'm redesigning their website is, um, you try to get as much money out of them as possible. Yeah. Besides, <laughs> besides like hooking them up to my boiler room and seeing how much their credit card can afford. Right. <laughs> as I talk, as I we we do a lot of talking about like who's the bad guy in this space. Mm-hmm. Um. So for with Steve Cam on Nerd Fitness, like who's the bad guy? Yeah. You know who? What's the bad guy in the story that you want to tell? And the bad guy there is like, you know, just just dumb. Like fitness companies who are just trying to get you to spend another, you know, another $250 on a new, you know, insane abs workout or some shit like that, right? Just just more drivel and, and, and misdirection in the fitness space, you know, people taking advantage of people for the sake of money. Um, and then, like, you know, working with Pat Flynn, like, who's the bad guy in that industry? You know, and that's really exactly who we're talking about here, mm-hmm. like all the misdirection, all the misinformation, all of this, this, this hype and, and, you know, whatever circumstance around like, here's the secret, the key, we'll let you know what the key is right here. It's just for one, you know, for whatever. Five easy payments of like, well, you know, how much do you have on your card? You have that many payments. <laughs> exactly. You know, um, <laughs> you know, the, I always, we, so we start, I like to think in terms of, cause I'd heard someone tell, say that what makes a good story is an ex, is a great villain. You know, so if you think about um, the Inglorious Bastards, Mm-hmm. That guy, that yeah, villain, right? Mm-hmm. One of like the best villains, right? Yeah. Or Gangs of New York, yeah, right. Oh, Daniel Day, right? Your he's face, so like you just like yeah. even like he's a bad guy, but is he a or bad in guy? There will be blood, <laughs> yeah, or there will be. I blood. was going to say Daniel Day Lewis in, in every anything movie except for Lincoln, <laughs> except, for, except for when he's a nice guy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the the idea of this bad guy, where I, don't know, I guess if you're from the south, he might be the bad guy, yeah. <laughs> but like there's this there. <laughs> You know, what makes a really, like, when we, as we grow up and mature, we really like to have some dimension in our bad guys, right? Like, so, like, the guy from There Will Be They're blood, more nuanced, right? Very and it's, nuanced. Not, it's not so black and white. And there's but we know in a sides. selling environment, typically, you want to just go black and white. Just like with a four-year-old. You want to go black and white. There's a bad guy, and there's nothing good about him. In a selling, meaning when you're marketing something. Yeah, yeah. So, and yeah. typically. When the nuance, you save the nuance for discussions like this or for a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, it's, if it's on a sales page, you yeah, want to be black exactly. and white. But is that a douchey thing to do, well, to go no, super black and white? Because let's think about, let's talk about this. What we're, what we're talking about is. Let's uh, announce the, the subject is of this. douchebaggery in online marketing in, in, in its many forms. And really, we've got a lot to talk about in this. But what's an awesome way to start that conversation, Caleb, is you're like this interview, this article that that you're talking about, where somebody is essentially saying these guys are horrible, horrible people. Yeah, <laughs> like they're doing horrible things, and I think of they're like, doing definitely unethical and borderline, or maybe completely illegal things. Yeah, and I think of televangelists as well. Yeah, right. These are good. These are bad guys in a story. Similar sort of thing, and I think Caleb, like you said, the only thing on your notes is. Define douchebag. <laughs> I think that was a pretty good Caleb, actually. I think define. That was your best bag. one yet. Yeah, yeah. My my voice is at that. You've got. That you've rawness. got. Yeah. Did you like have a? Oh yeah, you had a cigar last night, didn't you? Yeah, I had a cigar. So it, it makes it makes it sort of heavy in the morning. I like that. The day after. I like that. I feel more like Stephen Pressfield in my underwear <clears throat> with the cigarette, with a cigarette, and a cup of coffee and five o'clock shadow. I like it. Don't work too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I won't. <laughs> But um, so we're talking about douchebaggery in online, in internet marketing or online business or whatever, um, because it's totally the pervasive bad guy 
in our in our, what we will call our space. But I mean, to be honest, you mentioned a couple people, Caleb, and I've never heard of any of them. You know what I mean? But I'm sure they have pictures of Lamborghinis on their website or whatever. <laughs> you know, some of them literally. Um, no joke. There was a video of like a guy surrounded by like he had like a helicopter and like a Lamborghini and re- like a Rolls, and he's I like, saw "Look that. what happened to me!" <laughs> Just two months ago, I was cleaning pools, and then I wrote a blog post, <laughs> and now look at me. <laughs> You know, it's so funny because um, these are the these are the bad guys. And so let's start with that question of like, how do we define douchebag? This has plagued me, right? For you know, well, and to me, that's now. almost the that that's the 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 whole question for the whole topic is what defines it. Because I think you know when you get into it, it's easy to be black and white about it. But as we get into this there's going to be a whole lot of nuance. I mean, I know that there's a lot of depth to the question of what constitutes douchebaggery online, and we've all been uh, guilty of it in in some way at some time, I think. You know, I mean, there's some people maybe that are totally on the the white side of the fence or the the good side of the fence, but... Well, let's not make it white and black. Most of us have to, like, kind of tip, you know, like, think about this issue from time to time, because is is just marketing itself is that a douchey thing? Well, this is well, first of all, let's let's think for a second about what is what is it what is a douchebag, all right? So, what are you looking up the definition right now? Well, no, I here's what you're looking it, up urban dictionary. No. That listen, <laughs> literally, this is the first thing on my list is like if you go to urban dictionary and look for the definition of douchebag, all of the freaking definitions are written by douchebags. Like they all they're all like calling out some niche crowd somewhere. Like some of them are talking about Vatos and some of them are talking about like, you know, affliction shirt wearing guys and some of them are talking about, you know, frosted tips and some of them are talking about, you know, lowrider guys. It's like, and that, not, like, so douchebag is just the enemy or the, like you said, the bad so guy. Whatever. We're yeah. all a douchebag to somebody is yeah. my one big thing that I've realized. <laughs> totally. I'm totally, like, I take a lot of stock. Like, some of us more than others. I give myself a lot of st- credit for not being a douchebag. I'll walk into some bar here in the Mission in San Francisco, and they'll be like, "Ah, oh, what a douchebag! He doesn't right. make art with his boogers, like whatever." You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and I'm, I so nobody, so there's no way to win. Yeah, in some ways, and it's hard to. It, this is you have to be really careful about like being putting yourself on a pedestal and being like, yeah. "Oh, because you might think that you're not, uh, you're you're not a douchebag, but you know what? To somebody, you are. So the so don't so if you make your thing not being a douchebag. Then you then you end up like not being able to satisfy anyone. Yeah, and the goal is to just be to know what you who you are and what you're here to talk about. And you're you're so you're so engrossed in your topic and the thing that you're going to become uh, so good at. You're so you're getting so awesome at it. You know what I mean? Or you're so committed that you don't really care, right? And maybe to to get things away from just labels and name calling mm-hmm. and into the actual specifics, right? Yeah. So I think one. Of, so I've been thinking a lot about what does it mean as we're using the word specifically here. What what do we really mean? And I think some I, that one of the elements is they is that a douchebag is totally willing to screw you over for the sake of getting money. You know, so so it's a money first kind of posture. Yep. Instead of uh, a craft first or or a, or a topic or whatever. I care so much about this about to- topic X or project Y or whatever yeah. that I that I and then I also need to make money from it or whatever versus. I need to make money. Hmm. I heard that you can, you know, get a lot of people to your travel. Cialis ads, whatever. Just fill in the blank Cialis ads. So, so is that is that a definition? So, if you if your 
whatever your business is, if you approached it because you needed to make money as opposed to approaching it because you care about the subject, first of all, does that make you a douche? So I think that that could, doesn't have to. Because to be honest, we all need to just make money. Money's a thing. We need to, we, I need to buy gluten-free crackers for my son. Yeah. I just have to. Unfortunately, that's the kind of expenses that I have to carry. <laughs> these, these are these are deep expenses. You and know, you're you're shitting in tall cotton. They're not made of wheat. They're made of freaking <laughs> seeds. Do you know how expensive seeds are? Seeds futures are going through the roof. Right. Apparently. Because of the gluten-free diet. But um and the paleo stuff. Exactly. But so I, I don't think it's a it's just about, you know, focus on money versus focus on craft or on thing or whatever. Yeah. But, and I have some more to say on that later. Um but there, there's certainly this element of you're willing to do horrible things or you're willing to completely sacrifice your audience uh, on the altar of profit. Yeah. You're willing to totally, like, I don't care about my reputation, about what I don't care about any of that. I just want to make some money so I can do my thing. In some ways, that's, that's, I, can, I'm a, I think that's admirable. I mean, it's always going to be sucky. To be, if you like, I don't want to be friends with a guy who's totally, you know, screwing over people with weak people with big dreams. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't, I don't like that story in the world. But at the same time, we're all, you know, we're, we we come from dust, we're heading to dust. You know what I mean? Get in what you can at the time. If you're doing that so that you can spend more time with your kid, well, you teach his own. Yeah, right. I'm just not going to make it my way. Maybe, maybe to. Maybe this is kind of like that um, old adage about pornography. It's like hard to define, but you know it when you see it. You you know what a douche is, what it, what douchey tactics are yeah. when when you experience them. We've all been on some marketing list somewhere yeah. where obviously the company or person behind it doesn't really give a shit about us. They're just cramming yeah. stuff down our throats and like repeatedly selling us on stuff that doesn't even that we don't care about. Mm-hmm. And um, and bragging about you know bragging about how much money they're making from doing that totally. And so, so this whole topic so, came about because like three four hours ago you emailed us and yeah someone emailed you. Do you have it in front of you or you want me to read it? Re- go ahead and read it. So he sent you an email that said, "Thanks for being a genuinely good dude in an industry full of douchebags." Smiley face. And so I think it's this make money online industry that has this right. You know, well, I mean. It's it's like the whole we are the bad guys, by the way, first of all, like our industry is the bad guys to like the other people, my other people that I really admire, the designers and the thinkers yeah. and the, the guys out there that I really like as well. Like I'm in that crew and they all look at like the douchebaggy. They all look at, at Internet marketing and all the, these kinds of ideas as, as totally douchey. Right. Yep. Um, the the whole thing, yeah. The, it, to them, it's not shades of gray. Yeah, it's just like they're just oh, like you're a blogger. You're, if you're, you if you try to teach someone how to make a living online, yeah. immediately, yeah, you're a horrible person, <laughs> right? But uh, because they they just they just look at the way like you know SEO spammers kind of ruin the internet or whatever, right? And so they think it's a one to one, and they do just about, yeah. So they, and it's true though because I think it's very easy to see like a world in which everybody makes something valuable. Does something good instead of trying to make a quick buck. Yeah, trying you know driving a bunch of traffic to, from Google. Yeah, or or writing an or having someone in the Philippines write a four hundred word article. Yeah. and then spinning that into twenty different articles, and yeah. then spamming all of these article directory services. Yeah. So every time you try to look up some information, yeah. you just get a bunch of garbage. Thanks about dot com. Thanks a lot. I mean, hub, hub I, pages, hub pages. You, <laughs> God, man. 
asshole. No, but um, the and Google. I mean, Google's getting better and better at weeding that stuff out. That's really their job. Google's job yes. is to like make the, all of that stuff worthless. So this is a que- so maybe this is an angle and a question. I, well, first of all, I think one of the things that we've said is that you're a douchebag, and so are we, and everybody is. Even all those cool people I admire so much, they're a douchebag to somebody. Everybody is a douchebag to somebody. So don't make it a big thing to not be a douchebag or to be one. Second of all, don't be a douchebag. You know what I mean? Like, make your living, support your family adding value, not taking from, not just taking from people, right? Well, and just like we were talking about in the episode about lifestyle businesses versus startups, I think it's kind of a false dichotomy to think that you can't make a really great living and be a bit of an idealist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like do what feels good to you and treat people how you want yeah. to be treated. And I wouldn't say a bit of an idealist. I mean, that that in some ways is coming from a perspective where like, all right, really, you're gonna you're a do-gooder. I guess you're just idealistic. And to me, I'm just like it, it looks like real life to me. I mean, we actually have this gene. Radio Lab did this awesome show on this gene, this community gene that we have, or or whatever DNA. I don't know. I'm not science guy, right? But um, <laughs> so you're not math. Hold on, you're not, not math, math not guy. Science. You're not science guy. I'm pretty good at colors. I'm pretty good at colors. <laughs> okay. Like if you show me red, I'm normally gonna be able to say that's red. Want some French fried potatoes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um. There's this radio lab that, you know, typically we look at uh, biological science or, or DNA or or, the, or like just looking at natural science and we say like the whole world is just out to just, you know, all these animals are just out to survival of the fittest. Yeah. You know I mean, humans just survival of the fittest. Well, we actually have this gene where that like empathy gene or that something? serves the like the communal aspect. Yeah. Our, like we will do things we that are um, our survival nature, contrary to our survival nature. To be a part of the pack, mm-hmm. which in the end is a bit is a greater form of survival, right? So it might just be a communal element of a survival sort of thing. Yeah, fascinating, right? This is way I like uh, to me. This is this is my spirituality, for lack of a better term. You know, you, you know what I mean. Like I used to be Jesus guy. Now Jesus and I are seeing other people, and I look at humans as like this is my tribe. Like I want to be a part of the good tribe. And not be ousted from it yeah. for the sake of survival or whatever in some ways. But like I'm looking at us, I'm like, we're all in this together. So don't don't be a douchebag. You don't or at least you don't have to anymore. But so so here's a question. Do the douchebags make out with more money, more prestige, all that kind of stuff because they have their own self interest in mind? Like, is so I, I wrote a blog post a while back called How Not to Be a Marketing Douchebag Without Becoming a Broke Idealist, right? Because there's this, there's sort of these two sides at play, right? There are people who are complete idealists and would never even pitch something. They would never even say, hey, I have this thing for sale because they feel like it's too pushy or it's too salesy or whatever. And so- you know, if if you take that stance and you think that any marketing is is douchey, then do you go broke? Is yeah. there a way to get around that? And if if you're on the other side of the spectrum, if you're completely marketing driven, do you always make out come out ahead, mm-hmm. or is there some somewhere in the middle there where you know you still have your ideals, but you understand how important and powerful marketing can be and you do it in a way that doesn't sacrifice the fact that you're trying to provide value and to yeah. help people but you're also good at getting the word out about so what, what did doing. the what did the what does the post say what's your answer I, I think i think the answer is somewhere in between yeah 
I don't think this is a question about douchebaggery. I think it's a question about our comfort with the money question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, you're going to walk into a club nine times out of ten, there's going to be a bunch of douchebags there. There's going to be some <laughs> cool people. There's going to be people you write out, you write off as douchebags who aren't douchebags or whatever. You, there's going to be people who are bros, which is a douchebag with the heart of gold. Right. Which maybe isn't even a douchebag at all because they're not, bro, a bro isn't going to, gonna you know, screw you over. You know, maybe he'll try to get a taxi before A bro you. just wants to clinky a Bud Light lime with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but, but like, so there's all of the, that you're going to see, there's, there's kinds of people, right? Yeah. This isn't a question about what kind of people you are. It's really, it's a question about how comfortable you are with the money thing and whether or not you actually have a valuable skill. Cause it's easy. It's, if you're selling, First of all, there are things that you can sell that just co- are going to always come off douchey. If you're selling like a, a life coaching, how to make me a better person sort of thing, mm-hmm. well, guess what? I can go and hang that shingle out front of my door right now and be a quote-unquote life coach or be a quote-unquote life experience developer yeah. or a quote-unquote snake, snake oil salesman. Right? Now, not, to, not at all to say that, you know, that life coaching isn't valuable. Just that you're, you're going to have to be. Yeah. You're going to have to overcome that initial that initial feeling because of the fact that you know culturally there's a stigma there just like culturally there's a stigma on you know on guys like us making money online whatever learning teaching but where what we're what I'm doing what we're doing is saying no no the boundaries are gone now like you don't have to have connections to a factory in China in order to make something that's valuable and let let the masses know about it and find your crew of people who really love this product. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, there's almost there's so little barriers now. It's just like where does your spirit want to go? What do you want to build? Well, and and you know if you look at the spectrum of people that are involved in this industry that you're talking about, teaching yeah. people skills that they can use to be a better marketer or whatever online, like. You know, on one end, there are the crazy boiler room situations that Caleb was talking about. Yeah. But on the other end, there are people like Seth Godin, who I, I don't think a whole lot of people consider to be douchey. He's a pretty genuine, upstanding guy. Mm, He's yeah. well-respected. He's a very popular author. And yet, you know, he and Chris Brogan, you know, you could put him that. Those are, you know, very caring guys who write about this the this the fact that these boundaries are gone that you're talking about yeah. and that we're all essentially self-employed now whether you think you are or not even if yeah. you have an employer you're still self-employed and you still have to know how to market yourself yeah. and so is is talking about yourself and you know playing up your value is that a douchey thing i think that's part of survival really there are business topics that are douchey quote unquote and again it's, it's i find it unhelpful to even say that like I know that there's people out there listening who are like, "What do you? I don't. I still don't get it." Yeah. You know what so I mean? let's talk about specifics. Like, what? What are some? I don't know if we're going to be able to land on very much specifics besides businesses from people. Well, come who, on. I mean, like, you go to a sales page. Let's talk about it from like a design perspective. You go to a, a landing page, and it's like, you know, fifty pages long with yellow highlighter yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But that like, that is a is a do. Yeah, we we to us, it's, we consider it sort of a douchey looking thing because mm-hmm. we know the kind of people who typically do that. But a baby boomer, so one of the most popular things that was ever like bought and sold online was this parakeet, uh, how to teach your parakeet to talk ebook. Dude just made like billions of dollars on this over the last 15 years or something like that. And 
it, it would look ju- like but any it would look horrible to us right this long sales page highlighted you know all you know forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever it just scrolls down but to any baby boomer who at the parakeet who really wants to teach it how to talk they're like i'm in this is perfect it's built just for me so to me i'm like i'm not even that i'm fine with it because it's like hey guess what this is actually helpful to them you know, they probably wouldn't be as successful if people wouldn't keep talking about it and saying, you know, this, that, and the other. Had a bunch of testimonials, whatever, all this shit. But so that's why it's like it's a question to me of like style in some ways. There's the style of douchebaggery, which is like to me that's innocuous. I, I don't care. You can come off that way. That's fine. Doesn't matter to your audience. You probably don't come off douchey at all, right? Because we're all we're all douchebags to somebody. Every, it, no, there's not. It's not a thing to say. You know, when you are, you are, he either is douchey or isn't douchey. We're not really saying much. But when we are talking about someone who's taken advantage of people's, right. people's hopes and dreams and the weaknesses, yeah. essentially, someone who's selling snake oil, someone who doesn't actually have something to, to sell. Well, and maybe there's a line here because, you know, there's the whole concept of if you build it, they're not going to come online, right? Yeah. You can build something really great, and and maybe there's a chance like word will get out and yeah. people will come. But there's a lot of really great stuff out there that just never rises above the noise because there's so much noise out there. Yep. And there's a lot of great stuff that doesn't get discovered. So maybe marketing used to convey the actual value of your product, like up to the point where you're conveying the full actual value of your product, that's cool. Once you go beyond and the marketing that you use but is, that's is hype, but if it's hype and overselling the value, like yeah. if you're trying to teach your parakeet how to talk and you push it so hard that you sell millions and millions of copies of it, but really you never actually get anyone's parakeet to talk yeah. because your product is shitty. Yeah. You know? That's fine. But in some ways, a buck's a buck. You got to get a, you go get a buck however you can, right? And then there's, then there's this, le- like once you realize you can get your first dollar, once like one of the things we tell people in Fizzle is just go get your first buck somehow, Right. Well, yeah. we don't tell them to stab someone. We don't tell them to take stab. a dollar. But from like them. you know, you have this thing. Have have a ebook for ninety nine cents, or a desktop background, or whatever. Just set up the payment processing. Have a pay, PayPal donate thing, yeah. whatever. Just break the seal and make a dollar and realize, oh, because that's when you have that moment, that entrepreneurial moment of like, ah, you know what I'd like to do next time. Mm-hmm. You know how I'd want to make this better. You know what? Re- you know what I keep hearing from people that they need help with. Yeah. You know what? Like because that's when it gets interesting. That's when this the science or the tactics of of getting a buck turns into the art of providing real human value. Yeah, you know what I mean to to, yeah. your, to your tribe. Well, and one so, of the things in Scam World that they were talking about was you know there are these people on stage at these conferences, these huge internet marketing conferences, and you know they were saying things like, "Well, the product doesn't really matter because you know you just spend four or five minutes and you just make something and then you just yeah. put it up," you know. Whereas that's like the complete reverse kind of what we're talking about. It's like what you're giving that's valuable to people is worth everything. Yeah. You know, and that, that, well, we know, we know in the quote unquote new economy or whatever, I don't even know which one I mean, but, but like, you know, what a a guy like Seth Godin would keep touting is like, that's all right. Those douchebags, why why are you wasting your breath on them? Yeah. They they won't be around for a little while. People are going to know. Right. You know what I mean? I don't feel like we're wasting our breath on them. I I think we're talking about. Each, you know, everyone listening to this yeah. has to figure out which end of that spectrum. And in some ways, it's just hard to figure out. I, I, you could come off douchey. You can make poor decisions without knowing it because you just didn't know any better. No. Right? Well, or because you had misplaced priorities. Like, yeah. Like I think so to, to bring this point home, you know, I think any of us who have been blogging for any period of time and trying to earn a living through an audience that we've grown you know, there comes a point where you're like, 
hmm, you know, this product, I could promote this and earn a commission from doing so. Yeah. And you can either let the money factor into the equation first so that you promote things that your audience may not necessarily appreciate, or you can have their, you know, their needs in mind first. And that's, yeah. that's sort of the longer term way to build an audience. And we, I think most of us have made that the choice on both sides of the the yeah. line before where we're like, Oh yeah, look at this. I can promote this thing. It's going to be this big sale. I'll make a bunch of commissions and you do. And then you get a couple of emails from your, from audience members or maybe even people that you respect who say, Hey, um, you know, I don't know what's going on, but normally you provide a lot of value. And this time, like it just seemed like a blatant sales pitch for something that's not really yeah. worth it. And you go, Hmm, I see. So by being a douche, I damaged my reputation sure. and the trust that I have with my audience, and that's not something that's easy to build in the first place. That and that is what our that's that's the business that you build. So here's here's a quote from um, from again I, I have no shortage of Merlin Mann quotes, but he and John Gruber did a talk, and I've mentioned this before uh, at South by Southwest in 2009 about you know blogging, and they named it something hilarious and clever, um, and and. Uh, <laughs> Deuce bloggers. That'll, you can find that in show notes. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes. Um, but here's one of, he has this blogger, this young blogger, uh, reached out to Merlin and said, you know, hey, I'm young. I really want to take this seriously. I want to do it good. Do you have any advice for me? Or what advice do you have for a guy like me? Um, and Merlin said a few things, one of which was this. He had three rules, and this is the third. Um, don't do stuff that seems profitable, but potentially messes up why people like you. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is exactly what you just said. Yeah. Because really, because his second point was look for look keep looking for secondary sources of revenue and replacement sources of revenue. Because what you really have, what what we, what, I guess in some ways, like like the the tagline on Think Traffic is uh, what builds a thriving uh, audience, right? Yep. Um, how to build a thriving audience, or what is it exactly? Why can't I remember? Build a thriving and profitable. Audience. Build a thriving and profitable audience. I love the idea. Is you're building an audience, you're building a platform. You're becoming a person that represents this or yep. this kind of aspirate or, or a thing, right? You know what I mean? And so they know they can come to you. When you build that trust, why would you – I guess the, the point being your business literally runs on that. that or not even that. That is your business. Yeah. Because once you have the people, like what Kudal says, Jim Kudal, he says, if they come – you will build it. <laughs> right. That's his story on how they built kudal.com yeah. and then turned it, rolled it into a bunch of these other interesting businesses like the deck and field notes and all this stuff because they had an audience. Once you have an audience, you can say, huh, I built this audience doing things, talking about these things that I like. Chances are they'd like this other thing that I like. Right. So now you can promote someone else's project that, that you really like or, and, and it won't land flat. Yeah, you know, people will actually be grateful for it. Or you can make your own thing. This is where things get really interesting. Just like business has always been since the beginning, you can make a thing and sell it. Just because it's online doesn't mean anything's new about it. Right? It's either people want it or they don't. And either they're, when they want it enough, they click the button and do it instead of go to the market and pick up that fish versus this other fish. You know, whatever. Yeah. So in some ways, this concept of douchebaggery, I don't know. To me, I, I go back and forth because part of me feels like. Uh, what we're, what we're, who are really talking to? We're, we're not talking to douchebags. We're talking to our audience who are actually they're, they're they're people trying to build a real business. You know what I mean? And they want to do it well. And they they might it might be a business on the side. 
It might be their full-time thing. It might be just the, the, the glimmer, the idea of a business in their head, and they're trying to find it. Um, and what I, the thing that I would want you know, that person to take away is to realize, like, don't worry about if you are a douchebag or if you aren't a douchebag, number one. Because you're gonna, look, someone's gonna call you a douchebag, and don't let it hurt your feelings because you're you're too busy caring about this mission that you have. Right. And then second of all, don't don't take advantage of people. You know, um, because all right, one more point. Yeah. And then we're gonna read this thing. Whatever you, what do you, you pulled up something? Sure. I see a spectrum here between um, kind of like what you said between the douchebag and the idealist. Uh, and maybe that is a, maybe that in some ways is a better spectrum, but mine, mine was between the douchebag and the craftsman. Okay. Uh, and the, so the douchebag cares nothing at all about the craft. It, it, so it's all marketing and no product. Right. Yeah. And the craftsman is all product, no marketing or whatever. Yep. Right. So it just, he just, he just focuses so hard on his craft. He gets, so on either side of this, <laughs> if you get precious yeah. on either side of this, you lose. Yeah. So really what you want to be is a, successful craftsman what you really want to or do a markety craftsman you don't want to be a crafty marketer and that's why i think that what what i what i don't like is that on the spectrum yeah in some ways it looks like on the left you care about money and on the right you don't and the the thing is you have to care about money you just have to yeah we've never lived in a world where you didn't have to care about money so i don't think money is the differentiating point i think it's integrity maybe in some ways, yeah, there's some there's some other thing, but the what the goal the, in a perfect world there would never be this question because we were all comfortable with the concept of money, and I think what we're dealing with is is like I mean I have been really uncomfortable with the concept of money. I'm still trying to learn how to charge for a thing that I've built. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep, it, that I think is a very challenging. Yeah, it's definitely something you have to learn. Maybe this this is a good thing to tungle for a future episode just let, talk, let, we should just talk about money for a whole episode yeah, well we, we are right now yeah you know kind I mean, of yeah i mean i think that's what this question is about is being comfortable charging whatever you need to charge yeah. for your thing kind of like um who is it? i mean like pearson chris pearson from diy themes with thesis right up until then it was it was like what people don't pay for wordpress themes what do you what do you mean pay for a wordpress theme yeah you know and any and he changed that game, or he was one of the early guys to change that game and say, no, no. And he made a healthy profit. The reason, it. yeah, he made, made a great successful business, and half of the douchiest sites in the world all run on Thesis, right? <laughs> so I don't know if I made the world a better place. But, you know, like, I, I built the sites on Thesis for, like, as since it came out. Yeah. You know, it was the first, for yeah, sure, the first platform. thing that I learned. And the, the so the point about it is he was able to make a better product than anything out there because he had the funds to take care of it. Right. Here's an awesome quote. You ready for something? I am. This is another thing from that South <laughs> hang, by hang Southwest. What? Okay, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Walt Disney. Walt Disney. I don't make movies to make more money. I make money to be able to make more movies. Right? Come on, just take a, That's great. Play, I like let me that. hear let me say that again. Let's say it again. I don't make movies to make more money. I make money to make more movies. Like doesn't every every like little thing in my spirit just like goes, fuck yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That is fucking it. Yep. You know what I mean? I love it. Because why? Now what's happening? You care about a thing. He cares about movies, right? 
Uh, you might care about, you know, handcrafted leather saddles for horses, or you might care about, you know, our artisanal email templates, or you might care about who knows what, right? You know, Mexican Coke bottles. I want sustainable email templates. <laughs> Lo- sustainable email. Local, sustainable, grown. hormone-free <laughs> email templates. Grass-fed email templates, right? You care so much about this thing. Like, with, so this is, so to Pearson, with, he cared enough about building a word, building a template for people to build their websites on. That he needed to make money on it in order to keep doing it. Yeah. I don't make movies to make more money. I make money to make more movies. I mean, when I first heard that, I I just about shit my drawers. I feel like this became a monologue at some point. (laughs) What is the deal with taxis? (laughs) Is that the best you got? What's the deal with that? I imagine being on stage and I get at like an improv and I'm just like, hey, uh, so, uh, so San Francisco, right? <laughs> I mean, San Francisco. Uh, what? You, have you ever been to a BART station? I mean, it just smells like piss. <laughs> 16th admission. It's just really pissy. Um, have you got no well, let me, punchlines? Let me, uh, let me phrase this in a different way, a little bit different way. I like that Caleb's over there just laughing, like just <laughs> out of the absurdity. Like, this is like, what are you doing? Just saying to yourself, none of that landed. Zero of it landed. There's just open-ended jokes that make yourself laugh. It's the best kind of stand-up there is. It's no punchline. Wicker baskets, am I right? <laughs> Seriously. So let's, okay. bring, let's bring it back on topic, Corbett. Re- read, yeah. read me. Yeah. Uh, and uh, all right. So you guys read Brain Pickings ever? Mm-hmm. Brainpickings.org. Have, yeah. Such a such an awesome site. Just all kinds of curiosity and invoking articles and and little things that um, Maria Popova curates. So, uh, brainpickings.org, she had an article about a new book came out called Give and Take. And this is about different types of people and how the types lead to success or not, especially in the workplace. So, she's talking about givers, takers, and matchers. The guy that wrote the book, his name's Adam Grant. And I didn't read the book, but I read the summary, and I feel like I... Got a good gist of Most it. So of I'm going to share this third-hand information with way, you now. Here's the tip. Business books typically are the first like 50 pages, and then they're just like a yeah. uh, then The like, introduction, <laughs> and then you're like, okay. Because like, the truth is, there's an insight. There really is a yeah. good insight in those. And, and then, and then yeah. they, they're like, their publisher's like, okay, we just need to film 220 pages. Hardbound, and then we'll do soft, soft yeah. paperback, whatever. Yeah. So it's just like... So, so as we're talking about like the spectrum between craftsmen and ultimate marketing douche, yeah. you know, um, there's sort of there's a corollary which is givers, takers, and matchers. So a giver is somebody that just like gives of themselves all the time. They're asking like everybody they know, hey, I can help you with that. Oh, you need help with your website? Oh, yeah. I can totally do that. And they're just constantly giving and not looking for anything in return. Yeah. The opposite end of the spectrum are people that are always asking of other people for things. You yeah. know what I mean? They're just taking from everybody. Okay. And then matchers are people that are really careful, like, oh well, if I'm gonna give you this, you have to give me this in return. Yeah. So it's kind of like how much are you looking out for yourself mm-hmm. versus other people in the world. Yeah. So this guy did studies on this and found some really interesting stuff about which of those types leads to success in the workplace. So which of those types do you think ends up being on top in the workplace? environment givers takers or matcher most successful most successful monetarily like in like a corporate structure like executive yeah. type stuff like yeah the workplace i mean my first guess would be a matcher 
I think that's that that that's what I'm led to believe is the right answer. All right, Caleb. Either matcher or maybe taker because they, so, they go after it. You know. So who do you think's on the bottom? The giver. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'll go okay. ahead and play into your okay. play into your go- right. goofy eyeballs right now. <laughs> Just, <laughs> so you're you're both, you're both right and wrong. So it turns out that givers are on the bottom. Okay. Hmm. Because you know, if you if you constantly give of yourself and never look for anything in return, yeah, um, you know, you're not going to get ahead. Uh, takers are sort of towards the top, but they're not actually all the way at the top um, because takers look out for themselves, and eventually, people, other people around you, kind of want to take you down because they get tired of you taking things all the time. Yeah. But it turns out that the people at the very top aren't matchers; they're actually givers as well. It's just a different kind of giver. So these are givers that give of themselves constantly, but they give of themselves because they're trying to build something, like a yeah. movement. So to me, these are people kind of like the Chris Gillibos of the world. Like yeah. he's he will always write you back. He'll always do an interview. He's just like a super nice guy, and yet he has this empire of a business now. He's throwing yeah. a conference in Portland this summer. It's going to have 2,500 attendees, and it sells out in like two days. Wow. Um, and Chris is like the ultimate giver. He's like a nice guy who's succeeding. Yeah. And the reason is he's built something that everyone can get behind because they're like, you know what? I believe in that guy. He's so nice. He helped me out. I'm going to push his agenda forward. Yeah. So this concept of like marketing douchebag versus craftsman, whatever, I think you can be a craftsman and you can be a nice guy. But focus on like actually building something that's going to help other people, not just building something because you, yeah. you know, the for the sake of building it. So, um, all right, I, I like that. Now, in terms of douchebaggery, though, what, the give take match, right? Yeah. So, what's the right? So, what? Well, what? so we would all, I think, we would agree that a taker is the most douchebaggiest of those three types. You know what right? this reminds me of? Is it reminds me of Chris Johnson in the Fizzle interview that um, we did with him, where he said, "Well, sales." Because he, he's a he's a sales guy. He run, he's at simplefilm.com with his partner there, and they and he's like, we had this awesome interview. We got a, basically a master class in sales, and he I was like, what is sales? And he's like, it it's simply being helpful enough to be at the right place at the right pl- right time. Like he is just his here's his sales cycle. He has a database of people that 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 he he knows and cares about and people who do business. And every month he does, he gives 10 things away to 10 people in his database. Doesn't you know, just sort by last time he's given it to him. He uses a like insightly CRM. Okay. And, um, and he's just like, okay, every, I, I, so about every year someone gets something from Chris Johnson, whether it's just like a, hey, here's an article I found, thought of you. I know you're, you were struggling with the pricing X, Y, and Z when we were, yeah. so here's an interesting article, right? Just a little, little touch points, things that say, I'm here and I care. And he's like, that's my that's my sales funnel. That's my sales cycle. And then when he talks about his product, he talks about it in a zero BS kind of like kind of way. And he always I, he he knows I'm like his biggest fan when it comes to like customer stuff because yeah. I just think the way he handles them is so amazing. And so he recently had this interaction with a client where where the client was like, "Yeah, it's good. We really like it. Can we just get two more uh, options for music? You know, go ahead and put it together with two different versions of music." And he's like, "No, we don't do that." We won't do that. No, I'm not going to waste my my animators' times and this. And, and he had a great reason for yeah. it. And 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 then with it, then the, the project manager at the company's like, "Well, really?" It's like, "Okay." And then the CEO calls up in a little bit, calls up Chris, and he's like, uh, 
so my guy told me that something something was going on, and Chris was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna waste my guy's time." Do you know what it's like to, to manage animators? I can't have them be second guessing themselves all the time like this. And so you guys have already approved the music up to this point. You did that a week too, and this, that, and the other. <laughs> and that's why we're we're not willing. And that's fine. I can I can give you I can give you your money back, and I can and I can give you you know the movie as it is right now, and that that's totally fine. But we just won't do it. You know, we we won't, we won't change the music. Yeah. And the CEO's like, "All right, we'll do it your way." <laughs> <laughs> what's so? What's the moral of the story? The moral, the moral being uh, this this concept of when you can tell what your thing is and you know what you stand for and who you are, you don't have to BS it. So when you, when you can t- when you know what you sell, yeah, and and you know that if you did it the way the client would want, it would turn out crappy. And but then- the point being, like you're actually you 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 have you have a, a crew, an audience. So Chris, it's his it's his database of people that he cares about and wants to do business with, right? For us, it's our audience that think traffic and fizzle, like our fizzlers who are actually actively doing this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. These are our people, you know, and we know they have these issues and these challenges and these problems. And so we're building things to help them with that. Yeah. Right? Just like Chris is building things to to help his specific clients with stuff. And then when he tells them about uh, a, when, when he gets to sell to someone, when it gets to the point where they're like signing on the line that is dotted that for a $10,000 movie and they're like, I don't know if I should or if I shouldn't, he gets to say exactly what it is. And he says, I don't need your, I, 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 re- I would like, you know, I don't care if you'd sign up or, or if you don't because yeah. I, I got a list, a long list of people who, who, yeah. who will, right? This is what it is. I think it'll help your business. Yep. You know what I mean? We've got the results to show for it, yada, yada, yada. That isn't douchebaggery, but it is money, and it is marketing, right? Yeah. So there's a way to do these things, because in some ways, douchebaggery is marketing, but in other ways, you can do marketing that isn't douchey. Well, but in, in, in Chris's case, it's because they've done the work of creating really awesome films. Yeah. Their product is good, so now he can stand behind it and just be completely honest about yep. it and take the clients that he wants and if it's not a good fit he doesn't have to work with them. That's that's yeah. a great position to be I in. I can't recommend that that Chris Johnson interview highly enough. That thing is so freaking awesome for any of you fizzlers listening. If you haven't watched it recently or if you never have, go watch it again because it's just a total hour and a half full of tips and tricks like unless I hear differently. Yeah. And stuff like that. For for me, what it feels like we're talking about is we started with like douchebaggery and online marketing, and really just saying that hey, there are there is that, <laughs> you know what I mean. And I also want and to say you can't define it, but you know it when you see it. Yeah, exactly. And and also it, I think what it ended up being ended up being more about for me is is this question about how comfortable are you with money and accepting money and asking for money, and which, which means how much do you know. That you provide value or not? Yeah, you know what I mean. The goal is that your product is is valuable. Yeah, you can go to a hundred different sites and learn how to sell something that isn't valuable and still get money and still make people believe that it was helpful. You know what I mean? You can do all of that social psychology and persuasion and all that shit till the cows come home. Right? That's fine. But the, I think the goal for me is to is is to build a product that's that people feel like is worth talking about. Yeah. That built to build a product that that you know, like when people ask us, "What's your launch strategy?" You know what I mean. And and we do have some tactics or whatever, but most of the time, I just end up saying, "Build something you care about and stick around for ten years, and, <laughs> right?" And just make it better every Which year. Which is not the answer people want to hear. They don't, right? Just like you know, we heard someone saying, um, uh, "We heard someone saying, uh, like you know, I was a little disappointed that it didn't go very in depth. This one course didn't go very uh-huh. in depth, and." And then you and you were able to say like, 
I know because it's actually a very simple con, con like concept. Yeah, like you build something that people want, right? And then, and it, it, that's the hard that like build something that people want. Step number two is question mark question mark question mark. <laughs> number three is just money size profit. <laughs> exactly right. It's the underwear gnomes. Have you heard Steve tell that story? Yeah, yeah that's so good. Yeah, <laughs> tell it, Caleb. So. It's from a South Park episode, I believe, but there's these underwear gnomes and their their business plan is step one, collect a bunch of underwear gnomes, underwear gnomes, underpants gnomes. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So step one of their business plan is collect a bunch of underpants. Step two is just a they have no idea. And Big step three is mark. profit. So they spend all their time on step one, just getting as many underpants as possible. Yeah. And that would be the equi- the, the equivalent of what I call craft porn. Right when you get too into your craft, mm-hmm. that you actually won't end up making a thing. Right, you don't or, know what step two is, or like like when you get so precious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm not interested in a precious business. You know, we could be really. You could be like. You well, why, could be. Why, a, why label it? Well, because like I, I always think of you know there's one, there's the Long Island guy in my head, and then there's the hippie guy in my head, right? And the hippie guy's just like, dude, just be a janitor and hang out, and then and then get your two weeks of vacation every year, and just spend time with your kid. You know what I mean? Be present with life. Don't it's have not a dis- the same without the voice. <laughs> I was gonna say he's a very normal janitor without your, <laughs> I know. I, your accent. I, I got such a rile Come out on, of you guys, man. <laughs> I just want to drive around in my Volkswagen Bug, man. Yeah, and then there's uh, and then there's the Long Island guy who's like, you can make money. You should make money. You know what I mean? You should be making like fourteen million dollars right now. <laughs> you know, um, and we're, we're, which is that like pursuit of success for its own sake. Yeah. You know, and that gets me into trouble. Yeah. Um, so that is really that those those two signals flare up on this concept of douchebaggery. You know what I mean? Because you can make money, you should make money is telling me to go make money. Like yeah. put up a sales page, charge three hundred dollars for it instead of thirteen, you know what I mean? And uh and, and you know, do all the research on persuasion and all this other stuff to learn how to write through this copywriting on this, that, and the other, when you know, some of the some of my favorite things out there for sale, and they've got really, really good, honest to God, freaking businesses going on. They never studied copywriting; they just had a good idea and a good product. And or it, maybe they did. Uh, well, I know them. Like so you they said, didn't. well, <laughs> but like you said, you know about the um, the Greek philosopher. You know, I would have written you a short message, but I didn't have time. Yeah, like I didn't maybe have that, enough time for a short. No, maybe that incredible non copywriting copywriting actually took a lot of a lot of know-how and uh, a lot of practice to whittle it down to that. So what have we covered today? We've known we can't define douchebag, but there's this thing where people will screw you over for the sake of profit and yep. and that is a bad thing nobody don't make your business there. Well, I mean or do go ahead. I don't care. Yeah. I mean I'm not going to be your friend if you do that, and I'm <laughs> yeah. not going to talk about you in a polite way. And I, no, well, we, and you know, like I think what's interesting is the way a guy like Seth Godin or someone would say, like, I don't think it's the most profitable business in the end. You know what I mean? But even if it is, I don't really care. But I, you know, I, and and again, I kind of disagree with that because I know a lot of nice guys. I think everybody would say Steve Cam is a very nice guy, and Total he's building bag. an incredible, <laughs> an incredible business at Nerd Fitness. Um, Leo Babauta is like about the like least marketing ish guy I've ever met. And he has one of the biggest blogs in the entire world. Um, so I, I don't think you have to necessarily, yeah. you know, trade money for whatever it is that um, you don't want to do in, in the realm of douchebaggery. 
<laughs> this is an interesting quote from John Gruber. All right. There is an easy formula for doing it wrong. Publish attention-getting bullshit and pull stunts to generate mindless traffic. The entire quote-unquote pro-blogging industry, which exists as the sort of pimply teenage brother to the shirt-and-tie SEO industry, is predicated on the notion that blogging is a meaningful verb. It is not. The verb is writing. The format and medium are new, but the craft is ancient. I, l- I like that. I think he's 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 not holding any punches, and, and in some ways, I, I consider us pro bloggers. You know what I mean? So, but I'm not offended by it because you know what we we don't write the most we don't write amazing you know beautiful prose, right? We we write real useful stuff, and to me, the things that I that I end up writing and and doing courses in Fizzlewon are like the entrepreneur's journey, like things that I've literally like sweat over, you know, and and like. <laughs> you know that that could get in the way of me staying married you know because i'm so wrapped up and concerned and, and confused about what i should be doing right and now that i've gone through all that like it there's real things to say and i don't have to write it in a very beautiful way for it to get to to that person who's struggling with that and for them to go fuck yes thank you like hearing that quote from disney i don't make movies to make more money i make money to make more movies like just hearing that just brings me so much comfort to know that like, yeah, I'm going to keep trying to build something good and interesting and valuable. I have been Chase Boardman Reeves. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, just, I get it. I just, I'm trained as a preacher. So what can I do? <laughs> and you have strong feelings about douchebags. I have been Corbett Barr. And I'm Caleb Logic. So there you have it. <laughs> what a ride that was. Listen, we want to hear from you on this one. Go to fizzleshow.com slash 13. F-I-Z-Z-L-E-Show.com slash 13-1-3. And let us know your opinion on this thing. I want to leave a comment. And you'll also find links there uh, to quotes like the Disney quote and links uh, to things uh, like the, uh, the Scam World video that Caleb mentions in the beginning. Which uh, I still I still want to see that guy. <laughs> if you like this, please leave us please leave us a review, an honest rating in iTunes. It doesn't cost you much, and it means the world to us. So let me just ask you: Did you like this? Because man, we put some work into this. It would mean the world to us if you could uh, leave us an honest rating in iTunes. All you got to do is open up iTunes, go to the store, and search for Fizzle. I hope, I hope this, uh, this conversation encouraged you to move a little more towards the art of creating real human value instead of the tactics of making a quick buck. It's short-term bucks versus long-term gains, winning battles versus winning wars. And the trust your audience has in you, your reputation, that's what your online business is built on. So, so make something great, people. May your products be good, your money well-earned. And may you one day receive that email that thanks for being such a genuine person in an industry full of douchebags. We'll be back next Fizzle Show Friday. Until then, have a great weekend and following week. Enjoy the things that are the things to enjoy. See ya.
Hey, it's Chase, and I have uh, a special or, or non-special announcement. Last week, my wife and I suffered the loss of our second son during labor. We're okay. We're grieving and deeply saddened, but we're okay. At least as okay as one could be in this situation. And this show is such a personal thing to me, uh, and I want to let you know the show will go on. I look forward to my conversations with these guys now more than ever. Thank you, and we'll talk next week.